John 17, John 17, this coming week, and then of course next week we're going to emphasize youth conference. I've uh, probably been a part of youth conference for probably about 40 years as a teenager and on staff. I started working with the youth staff, I believe it was 1999 full-time, but before then uh, with Brother Eddie in about 1996. So I've worked in 25 or so, 26 youth conferences. If you wonder what I do, I set up chairs. I'm the master chair setter up. When I die, there are going to be no chairs at my funeral. You want to sit down, bring your own, all right? Kind of get back even for all those years. But no, there's a, a lot that I do, and I've been involved in many youth conferences, and, and uh, I've firsthand have seen youth conference from different viewpoints. I've seen it from the viewpoint of a teenager sitting there and just being moved by God and, and just watching people and, and thinking to myself, I want that. I want God to move in my heart. And then from the vantage point of a worker, a bus worker, bring in teenagers with me. Our young people come and the girls stay at House Anderson. The boys stay at City Baptist. They sleep on the gym floor. And, and uh, so I've had that vantage point of just one in my bus kids and one in my teenagers to, to be moved by God. I remember many a time sitting in the old auditorium up in the upper left-hand balcony, just weeping, just wanting God to do something with our young people. And then from the vantage point of a youth pastor and a staff member, uh, the planning and the preparation, um, and I can say this for our staff, we don't take what we do lightly. It is heavily bathed in prayer and in thought because we are, it's not our conference. We're doing something because we feel the Lord laid it on the heart of this church. It's your conference. 50 years next year, youth conference has been around. Uh, for many years, the largest conference, and, and not only that, but the continuous conference. It really hasn't had a break, but it is your conference. It is where people come, and time and time again, I was just talking to Brother Calvin Allen uh, about a week ago and, and just trying to get a little bio on him. And he said, he said, Brother Ricky, in 1993, I came to youth conference. I was, a, I believe, a 15-year-old boy out of Gary, Indiana. He said, in that year, for some reason, you all took the bus kids out to the college and Brother Ray Young preached to them. And he said, it was in that session at the college that I was called to preach. Now he's going to be on uh, one of the guest speakers here this week. I really feel like as we approach youth conference, I, I don't want us to have this idea that it's, it's what Brother Eddie does, or it's what Brother Abdel does, or it's what Brother Ricky does. I really want us to be united and say it's what we as a church does. Uh, it's what we do. It's not, uh, you know, it's, it's not uh, their conference. It's our conference. I wondered how uh, you say, well, Brother Ricky, how can we help in youth conference? And you've heard there's, there's need for volunteers and there's need for drivers and there's need for all that. Honestly, probably the best thing that everybody can hear that here can do and something that we've seen and we feel is for God's people to take it upon themselves to pray. You know, I believe in youth conference, and we'll get to John 17 in a second, but you have to understand that young people are the supply line of pulpits and ministries throughout the world. And if we're not reaching the young people and the world reaches them, listen, uh, there's an old uh, uh, saying that says there's a race to the heart of a child, and the first one there wins. And there's a race to the heart of a young person, 
And the first person to that heart wins. Be it social media or be it music or be it culture or be it fashion, whatever. The first person there wins. Hey, I don't think we're going to win them all, but I want to be in that race. I want to be in that race to try to win the heart of a young person. Let's go to John chapter 17. A lot of commentators will say that John 17 is what they would call the farewell prayer. It is Jesus praying to God the Father, asking for him to be glorified. And but, but that is the first part of it. But then he goes in and he begins to pray for his disciples. Now, we often think about that it was just the 12 or 13. I believe it was uh, all the multitude that had been saved for the previous three or four years of his ministry. And now he's, he's, he's praying and he's talking about his disciples. And there's some things in here that I think that we can take away from how Jesus prayed for his disciples and how Jesus prayed for those that followed and served him. I think there's some lessons there that we can learn how we can pray for young people. By the way, if you do not on a regular basis pray for young people, then you should be very, very slow in complaining when they don't turn out right. Be very slow in criticizing when you see young people go astray. Pray for them. You know why we don't pray? Because prayers work. It's work. I want you to look at a couple things. Let's start off with John chapter 17, and we're going to go and read in verse 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Look at verse 6. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me. He goes on into verse 9, if you'll follow me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. And a couple other times in that chapter, he refers to the fact that these were the disciples that God the Father gave to him. I think one way we could pray for young people is just to pray realizing that they are not ours. They belong to God. And they, they belong to God. And because they belong to God, I want God's, I want those young people that God sends our way. Those young people who make the effort to come here. I, I want to say, Lord, these are your young people and these are the ones that you brought our way. And Lord, I want to pray for them. I want to pray that somehow I would have a little impact or a little influence in returning them back to you as servants of God. How can I pray for our young people? Man, pray that you, they would be an impact and an influence and that they could be sent out for God and they could be an influence for the things of God. Repeatedly, he says, the ones that you sent me, the ones that you've given me. I think in our church, our church is a, is a vibrant church because any uh, week of the, uh, any Sunday here, you'll have, I don't know, 800, 1,000 young people here, maybe more. And, and that shows that our church has got a good future. It's got a good future. But they're not Brother Ricky's, and they're not Brother uh, Hubal's, and they're not uh, Brother Abdel's. They are God's. And my prayers, I go to God and say, God, you've given them to me. You've loaned them to me. God, you've brought them across my path. Oh, God, help me to bring them back to you in a way where they could be an impact for the gospel. Would you pray with me 
in the next week, would you join us in fasting? Would you join us in giving? Would you join us in sacrificing? Not that we fill an auditorium and not that we have a ton of kids, but would you pray that those that God sends, that we might be able to influence for the gospel? You never know. You just never know who is going to be sitting out here. You just never know what sermon it's going to be. I think sometimes preachers get a little high-minded and think that, you know, they're uh, God's gift to all preaching, and it's going to be my sermon that's going to change a life, and it may be a song, and the kid hears a song, and, he, he's, and God works in that song. But would you pray that those that God sends, that we might be an impact, and that we might be an influence in their lives, how else, Brother Ricky, can we pray? I want you to go to verse 3. The Bible says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I said, first of all, pray that we might be an influence and an impact on them and give them back to Christ as fruitful servants. But number two, pray that they would be saved. Pray that they would be saved. Many of the young people that come to our conferences have been in church for some time. It's not as I, I travel uh, and, and do some public school revivals, and, and uh, surely there's going to be some young people here that are going to be new to a church, but many that are going to be coming are going to be those that have been in church in a while. And they've heard it, and they've heard it, and they've heard it, and it was like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 and they heard it, and they heard it, and they heard it. Oh, but how about if God's people would get together and say, God, there would you send salvation in that group, in that auditorium, dear Lord? Would you please let the Holy Spirit of God just work and flow through and bring people to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, but, but Brother Ricky, these are good established churches. I know, easiest place for an unsaved teenager to hide. I remember a couple of years ago, I don't know why, we, we had our, our youth revival, and our youth revival is a Sunday night youth revival, and we have it in, in Building P for three consecutive Sunday nights, and it's, it's probably the most peaceful, quiet Sunday nights that uh, you'll enjoy at this church, but it's in every March, uh, first, second, and third week in March. And I remember the Lord just, just impressed upon my heart that to pray for our young people to be saved. And pray for our young people to be saved. Now, mind you, remember, they, are those, they hear me every week. They go to a Christian school. They ride the bus and sing. They get up and, and they're excited. And this is the Lord impressed said, pray for salvations, pray for salvations, pray for salvations. And in a three-week period, we saw 79 young people saved. 79 young people saved. Would you pray that they'd be saved? Many young people, they've heard it so, for so long that they think, well, I'm saved because of this and that. I would love to see a revival break out in here of young people just coming to know Christ. I feel sometimes the reason our young people do not surrender, the reason they do not follow the Lord, is because they've never known the Lord. They know of him but they've never encountered him as Savior. How can I pray? Pray that we might be an influence and an impact so that we can give them back fruitful servants to Christ. Pray that they would be saved. 
How else? Uh, let's go uh, look at uh, verse uh, 6, John 17, 6. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Pray that they would keep God's word. We live in a culture today where you can define your own truth. I recently was reading an article in which uh, Oprah Winfrey and Michelle Obama and, and uh, Ellen DeGeneres and some of these Hollywood artists and so on and, and uh, famous people saying that you need to come to your own truth. Well, you will. The Bible talks about that. It's called hell. Follow your own truth. But I see a lot of our young people who look at the Bible now and, and uh, they look at it as just a, it's a, it's a book written by men. It's just an old book and they don't understand. They don't know it. Man, but would you pray that they would keep God's word? Would you pray that God's word would not be something that decorates their shelf or something that occupies their locker room, but would you pray that they would keep God's word? He says, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. I want young people to understand that there is no truth outside of the word of God. I want young people to understand you can define your truth any way you want, but you know what? If it's not according to God's law, it is not truth, it's error. I want our young people to be able to discern between truth and error. I want them to hear preaching that, that provokes them and pricks their heart about their sin. I don't want them to feel comfortable. I want them to look and say, you know what? That God's word, I want to keep God's word. I want to teach God's word. I want to know God's word. So many times the young people who, quote unquote, leave the faith, one of the first things they do is they distance themselves from this book. It's just a book written by man. It's old, it's antiquated. But pray that they would keep God's word. I want, uh, follow me to verse 13. Verse 13. And, and by the way, this is not inclusive of everything. There's many things we need to pray for our young people. I think you ought to pray for their friends. I think you ought to pray for their spouse. And, and other things, and we, we can go on, we can make a list. If we all gathered, made a, we'd make a list of 50, 60 things we could pray. I'm just showing you some of the things that Jesus prayed for his disciples. Look at verse 13, and I like this one. Uh, John 17, 13, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. And I know this is unusual, but pray that they would have joy in the Christian life. Pray that they would look at the Christian life as something exciting and something engaging and something that I want to do, not something that I got to do. I, it's, it's sad that the, that the world can draw young people through the little 30-second sound bites and little 30-second video bites and draw their heart, and we as Christians can't. Let me encourage everybody in here on something. Church ought to be exciting. We serve a risen Savior. Man, he is not, you know, we don't come in here, there's no image of Christ on there. He's gone, he's resurrected. We live a fruitful life and we live a, a victorious life. There's no reason our young people ought to come to church and it ought to be a happy place without the smoke. 
It ought to be a place where they're like, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait. I love church. I, I can't wait to be there. But I want young people to have joy in their life. You know one of the things that's affecting our young people the most? It's said that up to 30% of all young people deal with some kind of depression. You know why they're depressed? Because they got to get out of bed. <laughs> and then they get really depressed if they make them make their bed. 30% or more of young people say that they have some kind of depression. I want our young people to look at the Christian life and say, well, I love what Brother Eddie said. Uh, when Brother Eddie was a youth pastor, Brother Eddie just seemed like a guy that liked to have fun. Probably didn't do much work, but he had a great time. And, and Brother Eddie, you know, he, he had the pickup truck, and he had to, uh, for a while there, uh, one of the families here, uh, the Snores would let us use jet skis. I think we tore up, and... And we, and, we, and we did all that. We had fun, and camp was phenomenal. We had a great time in the Christian life. I'm not saying it was fun, but there was joy in there because at the end of the day, we sang about Jesus. And at the end of the day, we went home sober. And at the end of the day, we just loved what God did. If the Lord Jesus Christ is praying for his disciples, and he says that they might have my joy fulfilled. Don't you think if it's good for them that maybe we ought to pray, oh God, that our young people would know the joy of the Lord. I'm a happy person. I got a grumpy face, but I'm, that's what my wife says. My wife's always telling me, smile. And I go, and she's not, not like that. You look creepy, all right? I'm a happy person. I don't know if it's all the caffeine I take. I want our young people to say, man, I want to serve the Lord. I, I want to serve the Lord. Uh, you know what? I, I, I got this scholarship. Ah, that don't mean nothing, man. I want to serve the Lord. Hey, you know what? I've got this business opportunity. Ah, you know what? I want to serve the Lord. I want our young people to say, man, what, what, what does Brother uh, Wilkerson have that I don't have? That man is way too nice. I want to do a pay-per-view one day of Brother John, of Pastor Wilkerson, having a fit. I mean, of just chewing somebody out. Pay-per-view live tonight, John Wilkerson gets mad. Tonight, pay-per-view, you know, 234, John Wilkerson turns over tables. He's such a golly man, but he's a happy man. He's happy. I, I've, I've traveled with him. I've gone to area restaurants with him. And he walks in. He's like, he's like the greeter at the restaurant. Hey, hi, 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 hi. And I'm like, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Pray that they would know the joy of the Lord. Pray that they would see the Christian life as something that they want to imitate. Pray that they look at Christian service not as something that, you know, just those who aren't, aren't talented and those that aren't gifted get to do, but pray that they say, I want to do that. I want to do that. Look at verse, verse 17, John 17, 17. Don't you look at that. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. I want God, I want to pray that God would set aside a group, that he would sanctify them. Not every young person is going to be called to full-time service. 
but I want every young person to struggle with it. And I want, I want the Lord to set aside, a, think of Brother Daniel Wilder, uh, Brother Hector, you're going to uh, go work with him. He's in Chimaltenango, Guatemala. Start saying that, Chimaltenango. Uh, and I'll be with him in December. And I've been with him for many years now. We've done uh, teen camps, and I've done vacation Bible school. We're going to go do a youth conference. Going to try to drag Brother Eddie along with me. Cross that border, Brother Eddie, you and I. You ain't coming back. Uh, <laughs> and, I, I, and I think of, uh, and I, I mentioned Brother Wilder, and there's so many others, but those that God has separated and those that have sanctified themselves and those that have kept themselves holy and they've kept themselves right and God is using them. And I want to pray that God would sanctify a group, that he would call out a group, that he would move and burden a group. You know, I don't think God is done with us yet. Turn the TV off. You'll be fine. God's not done with us yet. People say, Brother Ricky, you're an older youth pastor. Duh. When are you going to retire? When I stop feeling old? When is that? Uh, right after the service here. <laughs> no, but I, I, wa I want to I wanna preach and I want to see God move. And I, I want to see the Lord. I'm going to pray, Lord, there's, there's a group up there. Not all 1,800, 2,000 young people that will come or more. Not all of them will surrender to the Lord, but I sure do want God to sanctify a group. Would you pray? How else? Well, let's look how else he prayed. Look at uh, verse 18. Pray that God would send them. Verse 18, it says, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them. Pray that God would send them. Not that mommy sends them. Not that daddy sends them. Not that they do it because it's cool. Not that they go to Bible college because everybody's going to Bible college. But pray that God would genuinely send them. He said there in verse 18, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Would you pray that God would send them? And I love that part, into the world. Youth conference, as I understand it, I was not here, I wasn't born when it was started. Brother Eddie was seven years old, I understand. But uh, youth conference, when it was started, I'm lying, I was born, I wasn't here. Um, when it was started, it was started for Save America. Young people rallied to save America. Brother Eddie, in those 50 years, America has really, sadly, influenced a lot of the world. Now we, we are praying, God save America, but man, the influences have gone out of America. And they've influenced so much of the world. And by the way, if you think somehow that what you see here and the influences and the, and the worldliness, and if you think that's just here, you need to cross the border. It's everywhere. But oh, that God would take and that God would send men into the world, missionaries, pastors, preachers. That God would take a group and that God would send them. One thing I'm very careful when I preach is I, I'm very careful about handling God's word. I have canceled preaching 
engagements. And I've canceled even going to some of our schools because I just did not feel that my heart was right. And I didn't feel like, like I, I really had a true grasp of the Word of God. And the Jewish people, they, they love and favor their Bible so much. And I've been to Israel and they carry it and they uphold it and they memorize. They make the young uh, boys and the girls in their bar mitzvah and bat mitzvahs memorize so much of the, the Pentateuch and so on. And, and I have a reverence for this word. I don't want to preach this word uh, with something between God and I. I don't want to preach this word not knowing and not having studied and not having read it. And, and I, I want God to call young people. I can tell a joke or two, but I don't want my humor to win people. I can tell a moving story, but I don't want my moving story. I want God to send them. Would you pray that God would send them? Would you pray that God would keep them through his word? Would you pray that God would separate and sanctify a group? Would you pray that God would send them and allow us to influence them and return them back as mighty servants for him? I'm going to finish. Go to John 17, 26. Brother Hiles would say that no young person would go astray if they absolutely knew that somebody loved them. How many of you can testify that as a young person you were loved by someone who loved and helped you? Amen. Brother Hiles would say they said no young person would ever go astray if they just absolutely knew that they were loved. I want you to look at verse 26. And I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it that the love worth thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Would you pray that they would be overwhelmed by the love of God? Would you pray that maybe if they're living in sin, as the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 2, that the goodness of God leads them to repentance. Would you pray that they would just be so overwhelmed by the love of God that they would say, man, God loves me so much, the least I could do is serve. Our young people are overwhelmed by so many things. They're overwhelmed by, we, we are going to hit some subjects this week. As a youth pastor, it seems like every decade has a new challenge. Seems like every time we want to discuss areas to help youth pastors with their young people, it always seems like a, there's another subject that comes up, or there's a, another sin, another struggle. We're going to talk to the young people next week or the week after there. We're going to talk to them about their identity in Christ. Because so many of them look for identity in social media. They look at it in the mirror and people are told you could be this and that. We're going to deal with some issues of lust and pornography. Absolutely, absolutely just ravaging our young people. Easily accessible. We'll deal with music. And by the way, praise the Lord, there's still a conference that deals with music. We'll deal with those things. And I want the young people to deal with God on those parts, but I, I want them to be overwhelmed by the love of God. 
Have you ever cried yourself to sleep because you knew God loved you? Have you ever read through John 3.16 and just wept and were overwhelmed that God loved you? Have you ever looked at your life and thought, I'm, I'm a miserable wretch, but God loves me? Something I pray for our young people. Our young people have struggles. They have issues. One thing I pray, Lord, if that group of young people there is ever going to be kept into faith, it's going to be because they're going to be overwhelmed by the love of God. Would you pray with us that the young people that visit us here would be overwhelmed by the love of God? Church family, I don't know if you got anything out of this. I just took a chapter where Jesus is praying for his disciples. And as I read and looked through it, I, I thought to myself, wow, this is something that we could pray for. What are we trying to do? Get disciples. Not the gang kind. We got enough of those. But I'm talking about what, we're trying to get disciples that will do what? Why was Christ so overwhelmed in praying for his disciples? Because he was no longer going to be with them. Why should we be overwhelmed in praying for young people? Because most of us in here will never, ever live long enough to see what God does with them. I was joking the other day that our youth staff is we're the best of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. <laughs> in 20 years, will we be? Yeah, I'll be 70-something in 20 years. And will I still be a youth pastor? I doubt it. But a lot of those young people, little junior high boys and girls that render to Christ, I'm probably never going to see them fulfill their call, Brother Eddie. But you know what? I want them to fulfill their call. 